This is GSAP Conversations from the Graduate School of Architecture, Planning and Preservation at Columbia University in New York City. I'm Dean Amal Andraus. Thanks for listening. I'm Lola Benelon, Assistant Professor of Architecture Technology at GSAP. This fall, we created a mini-series on natural and living building materials. Natural materials are defined as minimally processed, readily available, non-toxic, healthy and engaging materials. These materials are critically needed to reduce carbon emissions and extractive harmful impacts associated with conventional building materials. In this episode, we will be hosting Ginger Craig Dossier, an architect and inventor who developed a technology for manufacturing microbiological bricks for construction, namely biomason. Ginger's innovative biomason uses bacteria to create a chemical chain reaction that binds sand together into a brick as a replacement for Portland cement. And because this process does not involve firing the brick in a kiln, as in conventional brick making, this invention could reduce tons of carbon emissions each year. Ginger has won the 2010 Metropolis Next Generation Design Competition, and her invention has won the 2013 Dutch Postcard Lottery Green Challenge, one of the world's largest and longest-running startup competitions focused on sustainable businesses. Ginger, I am delighted to have you here today with us. How are you doing? Wonderful. And thank you so much for inviting me here today to the podcast. Thank you for coming. So Ginger, your career path from an architecture perspective is fascinating. How did you um, navigate the path to your current endeavor with Biomason from being in architecture school to inventing a building technology? I have been a lover of materials for years. And you know, as an architect, learning that it's our responsibility for the materials that we select for our buildings, I became quite interested in wanting to know more about how materials were made. And what I started to discover was that there were a lot of processes that weren't good for the environment. And I was seeking more materials that had that planet-friendly type of perspective, and I really couldn't find many. Um, you would find some that were less bad, but I didn't see anything that was just revolutionary, uh, completely different. Um, so during this quest, I was also reading books, and one of them being Biomimicry from Janine Banius. And it was late one night. I was an intern in New York City, and I remember after reading the book thinking, wow, why aren't we growing cement similar to how coral reefs or shells are formed? You know, looking at nature's ability to create natural cements without harming uh, the surrounding environment. So the the question in my head was, hmm, what if you could grow a brick? Uh, <laughs> and, and from there, it was a pursuit of, okay, well, how how exactly does nature grow cement? Um, I was fortunate to live across the street from a 24-hour library when I was teaching at NC State. Uh, so I spent a lot of time there, you know, read a lot, started auditing courses in biomineralization. Um, and then I set up a lab in my second bedroom and started to iterate very much uh, like the design thinking practices that I was taught as an architecture student. And so iteration after iteration after iteration, finally, I, I had a process that was working Um and then the next step was going through testing. I was teaching architecture at the time, and I had applied for uh, the Big Fix Award in Metropolis Magazine. So I remember getting the call that 
um, I had won the award and I was, you know, in New Orleans, I think at the time. And uh, I, I thought, okay, what do I want to do with this technology? What I wanted to do and still, of course, I'm, I'm working on doing is putting this out into the world. This didn't belong in, in just a, an academic lab. And so I quit my job teaching and started Biomason full time. First, this is incredible to hear your story, how you began at, you know, making your own lab to making this business. And there are different bio-based concrete technologies out there. So how is Biomason different? What you developed in your technology of using bacteria to develop the biomineralization? How is this technology different from other technologies out there? And I'm going to use the word we because, uh, you know, I, I have a co-founder as well. What we sought to do was change the fundamental equation, the chemical equation. So instead of taking calcium carbonate and burning it just to get the calcium for making Portland cement, what we're doing is growing calcium carbonate. And there are ways to chemically get calcium and carbon to bond together But what we're doing is very different. We're using the biology to mediate a local environment to change the pH and attract basically calcium carbon together to make calcium carbonate. If you think of it, it's more of a, a local manufacturing in between the grains of aggregate where the cement is being formed. And so we're requiring ourselves to use the biology for that. You can't see it, of course, if you're, if you're watching our production facilities. But what is happening is that the biology is mediating that environment. They're creating biofilms around the aggregate pieces and forming biocement. It's more of an engineered material, so it takes 72 hours to form. Uh, so the product just becomes more dense um, over time because those those biochemical reactions are taking place in ambient conditions. And this is a totally lab-controlled development of a product. So this is really pioneering a new area, a new type of building material development. How would you define the biomason product then? Is this a natural material? Is this a living building material? Is this a bioengineered material? That is such a great question because I, I've over the past 10 years, I've seen you know, these different categories and, and where we fit. You know, we're not a biomimetic product because we are inspired by biology, but we're actually employing biology. It is a, a, an engineered material, meaning that we can engineer performance, but we're not engineering the biology. And I honestly think it is very much a natural material because it's 85% a waste aggregate material that we're using and 15% naturally created bio cement. So it's very similar to limestone. How would you define and articulate then the path for mainstream implementation since this was your main, you know, aspiration not to keep it as a lab in academia, but actually to have it implemented to replace maybe some of the concrete uses in mainstream construction. So what needs to happen and what needs to maybe change in order for that broader implementation to occur? I love this question. I, I think Because that question has been on our minds from day one, we, just to go back a little bit, we did not pamper the technology. We purposefully created an environment to do biology in septic conditions, meaning that we did not want to create this product that had to be manufactured in a lab that required all new types of manufacturing equipment that needed to be designed and built. And then going into existing manufacturers, how does, you know, how can that work with their implementation? So from day one, it was, okay, how can we make the biggest impact and how can we use almost like a Coca-Cola business model? 
model where we can license or franchise this technology out into existing concrete manufacturers equipment. Um, and that's precisely what we did. You know, there's a lot of decisions that happened uh, across tech development in the past to get us to where we are today. Scaling wise, it's, you know, of course, us having these manufacturing plants, we're upgrading one of our plants 10x right now, creating you know, a market, creating a demand, putting the a technology roadmap together for how these different applications can start to be deployed out in the world. So we're very focused right now on our current material that we're making. We also have eyes on future product developments, which really start to get out into higher impacts of CO2. You know, it occurs to me that we also need to have this sort of responsibility that this growth is also made sustainably. What do you think should be the guidelines for growing this industry? And also, what are the implications of biomason? What are maybe the limitations of biomason? How does it affect our health? Is that something that is tested? I think that what I'm trying to ask is... So we all want to see more sustainable products being implemented out there in mainstream construction. And maybe my question here is, how do we make sure that this growth is made sustainably and also that the material that we are catalyzing is indeed, you know, also beneficial for human health, for instance. So did you look at these avenues and are there hurdles you are still trying to overcome in making this growth sustainable? This is this is such an important question for all, all new material development projects. Um, and I, I would say that even going back 10 years ago, the question about scale was one of the first questions that we asked. Instead of going bottoms up, you know, in terms of, okay, we're going to make a few small lab experiments and then we're going to go into larger scale and then we're going to move into pilot and then we're going to move into this. If you start that way, you also forget what becomes a limiting factor in the future. Uh, instead of doing the traditional five-year forecast, we started doing 20-year forecast and 50-year forecast just so that we could see, okay, how much, if we start with a goal, how can we reduce... CO2 or, or half of the CO2 emissions created by the Portland cement industry. Start with that question and then go back in terms of what has to be true. Because you're right, you, you have to have a process that is sustainable, that you're not going to have limited supply chain resources that you are not going to be offsetting something else that you you can't control. When you start with those high goals, you have to address what must be true for this to happen in a sustainable way so that you're not in this perspective like asbestos was. Um, that, you know, looking at forward thinking, well, what, what could be the possible implications um, of this? So we know that the process that we started with is not the process that we use now, that we're constantly iterating, going back to even the genesis of the company, that there we will find other ways of doing this, other supply chains that work so that we're not offsetting another precious supply chain somewhere else. Sustainability and circularity are critical. It's one of our, the pillars of our company. And so using those tools like life cycle analysis, circularity, and environmental product declarations are instrumental in us making decisions about these different versions of the technology and especially at scale, which is where we want to be. Another question I had was about 
structural insulative performance for biomason or how could biomason be part of assemblies that are maybe structural, that have some insulative value, etc. Even even in the, the first five years of the company, we had so many what if questions. So what's the highest strength we can make? Um, well, you know, how can we make insulative value just within the product itself so that we're creating one singular product? I certainly subscribe to adding this material to other materials so that you're creating an, an entire assembly. You know, the structural properties that we make today are between four and 6,000 PSI. And just for comparison, a, a clay brick is 2,500 and a concrete block is 1,800. So we need, you know, we needed to really push um, our strength because we believe in the product. We know that it needs to have a stronger uh, strength. But it also helps with absorption, which also has other factors when it comes to durability. And then for the insulative properties, because, it, you know, it's a facing material and it's more of a limestone material, we're not as concerned about the insulative properties, but we've also looked into, okay, how can we make it more insulative by adding aggregates that have insulative properties? So I think that there are many ways to tackle that as it becomes relevant for construction um, methods or construction needs. Absolutely fascinating. Maybe my last question is, as part of your leadership of the biomason product and the movement of biologically produced mass materials, how would you suggest our students to become more involved through research and development and in the field? I, I would strongly encourage students to question deeply the, the materials that we're using, the processes that we're using, stay around the perimeter of, of the knowledge so that you have a, a great understanding without spending too much time in the details. Consider decisions around the planet, um, looking at life cycle analysis, but also push, push for what materials are, are lacking. Find the holes. What are, what are we needing? I mean, the world is changing and evolving. Thank you so much, Ginger, for being with us today and for sharing from your knowledge and perspective. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for your questions and for having me here today. This podcast was produced by Columbia GSAP. You can find more information about the school on our website at arc.columbia.edu.